Never say yes to an investment unless the idea is so good you'd feel stupid saying no. One stock, one season, one goal. To make a 100x investment. This is One Investment Away, where we dive deep into the fundamental analysis. From moat to management, from risks to rewards, and finally, from valuation to the actual purchase decision. We're building the OIA portfolio together, one company at a time. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. So I follow a bit of a unique investing philosophy, and it's the approach that guides me through each decision I make and can be simply stated as this. Never say yes to an investment unless the idea is so good you'd feel stupid saying no. So this is eventually what happened with our purchase of Spotify. At $300, I liked the company, the leadership, and the product, but felt the price to be much too rich for my blood. And honestly, I wasn't sure about the competitive advantage, also known as its moat, because, here, because here's the thing. The way the music industry is set up nowadays, music is essentially a commodity. And what this means in a practical sense is that Spotify has the exact same product as all of its competitors. The musicians don't care where the music is listened to, just that they can reach the most fans. And this usually means the market efficiency drives prices and it's a race to an equilibrium right at the lowest tolerable prices for those businesses. So normally in a world of commodity type business, it's the low cost producer who wins as they are the company that can still remain profitable at that market price. So during tough times, as margins are compressed even further, this advantage is accelerated and leveraged, forcing the weak players out much quicker and expanding the market share of the strong from those who have failed just as quickly. You can think of it like Spotify is selling water. Everyone else is also selling water, but for some reason, people drink way more of it from Spotify. In fact, I felt this very personally. I noticed I started to drink more and more of it until it was all I ever drank. Like a thirsty man in a desert, I couldn't be satiated. Eventually, I started to wonder, just what the heck is in this water? Then Spotify's stock price dropped to $150, and I started to dive into the business, as things got much more interesting. After all, at this level, we'd be outperforming all the investors who bought into Spotify prior to that time. So including one of my personal favorites, Josh Tarasoff, because Spotify IPO'd at $165 back in 2018, going with a direct listing, which is an interesting story in and of itself, but I'll save that for another time as well. And the shares had not been below that IPO price in its entire, admittedly short, history as a public company. So the shares continued their downward trajectory after some negative news coming out of Netflix and their first quarter with subscriber losses in the company's history. And this was translated onto Spotify, very wrongly in my opinion, and the shares fell precipitously, to use a fun word I don't get to use very often. So quick side note, our son Caden actually bought some shares for his education portfolio before I did, averaging a buy price of $120. Apparently two-year-olds are much faster at research and gaining conviction than I am. So Spotify almost literally became the baby thrown out with the bathwater, even though the company continued to grow as mentioned in our real-world hypothetical. So you can see through this chart that from 2015 to 2023, estimated 2023, because we don't have the final numbers there, monthly active users grew from 91 million in 2015 all the way to 601 million estimated in 2023, which gives us a compounded annual growth rate of 26.6%. Revenue from 2015 to 2023 grew from 1.9 billion to 13.3 billion, 
which is again a compounded annual growth rate of 27.2%. And gross profit, importantly, started out at $226 million in, in 2015. And in 2023, it will end up roughly at $3.5 billion, which is a compounded annual growth rate of 41.0%. So that's 26.6% in monthly active users, 27.2% in revenue, and 41% compounded annual growth rate in gross profit. So at $100, it started to get extremely interesting. Think about it from our favorite perspective. As owners of the entire business, or potential owners in our case, Spotify went from a company that was worth north of $65 billion and was now ending up against our eventual purchase price of $15 billion. This is the market cap, by the way. So that's two doubles away from what the company used to be, or more than 80% drop. But compounding and value are a wonderful thing because it's not an 80% gain back to that same level. It's in fact north of 200% gain from 15 to 30, then 30 to 60. If you go back to that market cap, right? 15 billion to 30, then 30 to 60 billion. And depending on how long this takes, the business can completely transform by the time it actually gets to that old price, making the price to value much different than it was the first time that it actually hit that $60 billion price point. And if the stock price from our purchase price took, let's say, three years to hit that first double from 15 to 30, that would give us that 26% per year. But what if the underlying company was also still growing at that 26% compounded annual growth rate that it has historically? And it too saw a doubling in size of the business over that same period. Well, I'd call that achieving nirvana because not only would we have achieved our investing goal, but the company would still be at that massively undervalued price, allowing us to buy more shares at any time during that three-year period. Sadly for us, this isn't what happened. And instead, we jammed about four years worth of returns into less than one year period. One investment away side note. So the above is an excellent example of two of our 100x growth engines at play here. So the first is the growth of the underlying business, which leads to an adjustment in the share price in order to keep that relative value the same. It works like this, okay? If Spotify stock was selling for a price to sales ratio of one, then the underlying business and revenue and if the underlying business and revenue grew at 26%, the price to sales ratio would drop to less than one, to roughly 0.74. And in order to sell for the same relative value, the share price would need to rise by 26% to bring that ratio back to one. What we saw was not only the underlying value increase due to that growth in the actual company, but also the multiple that that company is trading at at the same time. The price to sales ratio instead kept rising past that 1.0 and even past 2.0 and settling right around 2.62 price to sales ratio in our simplified example. So in other words, the market was willing to pay more than twice as much for each dollar the company earned. You can think of it that way. The next question should be why? So this is a huge question and one I dive into with my research into Spotify, which will be released each week through our One Investment Way podcast. So I won't go down that rabbit hole here. However, the short answer is the market adjusted their expectations and their confidence in what they believe the future now looks like for Spotify. Anytime you see the relative pricing of a company move up or down, you can think of this as the confidence metric for an impressive future or the lack of confidence in the potential or the confidence, I should say, in the potential for a depressing one. So either way, they're confident of a future that's happy and sunshine and rainbows or a future that is completely sad. Either way, they have that confidence which drives the price up or down. 
So here's what the confidence index looks like for Spotify, where it has been in the past and where it currently is sitting at. So the price to sales reached a peak back in 2021 at 7.59. And then in 2022, the end of 2022, it went as low as 1.19 on December 16th, 2022. And if you can remember, or as a reminder, we were lucky enough to buy at December 15th, 2022, which is very close to that multiple bottom, right? This is maximum optimism at that 7.59 price to sales. And then the maximum pessimism took place close to that December 15th buy date that we had. Lucky us. So even though nothing on the surface had changed for the company and the company continued its growth trend, what did change is the market psychology towards the company, which made a very quick about face. I bought with the intention of taking advantage of this pessimism, which didn't seem sustainable, and that we likely had both of those 100x growth engines working for us. Even if the market decided to get back to its average mental state for Spotify at around a price to sales of four, if you look back at that chart, if you're looking at the video, this is kind of the average for the price to sales for Spotify in the past. This is without applying and adjusting for any of that underlying growth. That would mean just shy of a 4x return for our investment. And you can say we are pessimistic investors. We like pessimism. We live in it, play in it. And if we do our jobs well, profit from it. So two quotes come to mind and you tell me which one you prefer. So bull markets are born on pessimism, grown on skepticism, mature on optimism, and die on euphoria. The time of maximum pessimism is the best time to buy. And the time of maximum optimism is the best time to sell. And that's what we did, right? We bought at maximum pessimism and we don't have any plan of selling during maximum optimism. So that's a little bit different, but that's still John Templeton's famous quote. And the second quote comes from, of course, one of our all-time favorites, Warren Buffett. And he says, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. As a reminder, do your own due diligence. All investment decisions are yours to make. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. This is not financial advice. I am not your financial advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. 